Welcome to another episode of, of Driving, Driving to, to the, the Race. I almost forgot. <laughs> With your favorite, your favorite hosts, Inelia and Larry. Inelia and Larry. I mean, Inelia. Inelia. and Larry. You forgot the host names, too. We're just going to have to write it down. I you forgot the names, up. you put your own names, too. It was a hard week, I got to say. That was a lot of driving. <laughs> We were driving not to the res. Yeah, yeah. So we drove to Cali. Well, no, not we really. Might as well have drove to Cali. We it took us enough days. Plus, it was hot and smoky. It wasn't too smoky when we were traveling, but when we got back, it was. Well, we actually um, scooted over to the coast. Remember? Yeah, we scooted so we over to the, the coast smoke. with less smoke, and, and the coast um, was lovely. We had done a little. Um, excuse me, PB. I touched her. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> She's a peculiar kind of dog. She's the kind of dog that prefers you do not pet her. Yeah. Do not brush her. Mm-hmm. You know, give her hugs and kisses every now and then for about put I don't up with know, it. five seconds. Yeah. And then, okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I was petting her for a minute. She's like, Ugh, do you have to? I know. She's so cute, though. <laughs> yes. So pretty. What do you think about that past life? Oh, that was... I mean, I can't, I can't really check to see if it's real, but there is a photograph of a little Yorkie from the Second World War. Named Smokey, was that? Her name was Smokey, and she was identical to PB, not just in her face and everything, because, you know, most Yorkies look similar. But also her well, they don't height. honestly look similar to me. No? Okay. Well, this one is identical. You couldn't tell apart. And her height is the exact same the height's height, the same. seven inches. The weight's the same. And the weight is exactly four the coloration's pounds. coloration's the same. Yeah. The eye distance is the same. Yeah. The nose is the same. The tongue is the same. Well, the... One might even say it's the same physical body element. Or... It felt to me when I looked at it, the first thing I said was, oh, It's baby! <laughs> and she was a brave hero. She was a brave hero and she did yeah. skydiving and all kinds of things, mm-hmm. paratrooper and... And traveled her, the world. And her boy carried her in his backpack. She saved a um, dozen or two soldiers Peoples, that yeah. were buried or something. Mm-hmm. They sent her up a pipe with a string. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have took them weeks to get them out. They probably would have died. Yeah. And um, in the foxholes, she was the guard. So if something was sneaking up, they, she would go, yeah. and alert them before anything could sneak up. Yeah. So, you know, she's a war dog. What can you say? Yeah. <laughs> we did check with the, the name on her, remember? Smokey. She's not reacting to it now, but her ears are down. PB. She's not reacting to that one either. Luna. Luna. No, nothing. She's nothing. reacting to nothing right now. She's, she's like, a, she's, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Leave me alone. She has uh, amnesia right now. Mm-hmm. I need to be quiet because, you know, we're recording a, <laughs> an episode of Driving to the Red, so... It does explain her shell shock nature once in a while. Yeah, gosh. Because she is a bit... Uh... She has the weirdest reactions. I mean, I've heard that York is a little bit nervous, but some of the things that freak her out are kind of strange. So, yeah, elevators. Speaking of strange, the strangest thing happened on our trip back. Oh, yeah? Yes. We stopped in a restaurant, and these towns, remember on our travels... 
some towns, you go into the little town, and we're talking towns like 100 people, 1,000 people, not really big ones, but I don't know, some of them might be big, like Newport's kind of big. And yeah, some of them There was bigger. that one that we drove through, seemed reasonably large, but they're not like city large. No, they're not I call cities. Them like big town large. Yeah, big towns. Or they're carnivals, like um, some of the Oregon coast towns are a bit like Disneyland. Yeah, it's strange. We got the train, whoop, whoop, and all the buildings are pastel colors with the whimsical designs and yeah. following the same Cartoons, thing, and they're yeah. totally plastered with tourism. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't have a problem with tourism, but, you know, it's like they were an obvious caricature of what a coastal Oregon town might be, which I guess is fine. Yeah, caricature. Yeah. Well, Hope you and them are out there. Okay. Um, we're a little bit, you know, we're paying coming. attention. We pay attention to the chickens today because one of the neighbor's dogs or one of the visitor's dogs came into the yard yesterday and may have killed one of our chicks and really attacked another. She's injured. So Which is really worried. practically impossible with Lucy and Missy and Romeo on guard and two roosters. Yeah. Because the dogs are contained so they don't go on the road. Because they don't know the difference between a dog and a car. They attack both. <laughs> For Lucy, yeah. For Lucy. So. Anything coming in with dangerous intent, she's going to go tack it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that includes cars driving by. Anyways, you were talking about the towns. Yeah, the towns. Remember, as we were driving through, each town had a different flavor. Yeah. Some of them you'd come in and they would have a big poster on the entrance of the town. I got my job. Did you get yours? <laughs> yeah, we did see that. And then the town. We and they were like, town. it's a ghost town. Ghost town. Ghost town. All... Those were ghost towns. Remember man. I woke up in the morning and I went out to get, get, get us some breakfast? Everything was closed. Everything was closed. Everything All the restaurants. was closed. And that was in Eugene, which is a big town. Yeah. That counts as a city. That actually is a city, yeah. That's like the city with the University of Oregon. In yeah, that's, that's a city. And it was shut down. Hardcore. Hardcore. The only place that Ghost was down. open? Taco stand. Oh, the taco stand, yeah. Yeah, and she cooked some good food. As a matter of fact, I still have a burrito <laughs> <laughs> in my fridge. Yeah. Ended up being the trip, the only food that was uh, fit for human consumption was from the taco stand. Yeah, and she was or, nice. Well, because you ate from the next taco stand, remember? Mm, yes, yes. And it was good food. You had oh, a, yeah. to- a torta? I don't know what it was called, but it was like a sandwich with meat in it and um, like a hamburger pico de gallo and some chilies in it and some uh, lettuce. It was really nice. Yeah, I think that was a torta. And some meat. Well, it looks like a cheeseburger, but it doesn't have a cheeseburger in it. It has taco meat in it. Yeah. Well, it had taco steak. Carne asada. Yeah. So, yeah. Taco stands, no mask and no vaccine and really good food. And they're open even if it's everything's like slammed shut down. Mm-hmm. So we did find one restaurant on the way, remember? That, that was, was not weird good. Thing. That was the strangest thing. It was the oyster, oyster bar. Yeah. When I think of oyster bar, I'm thinking the oysters are in there. And that's what the bar is, the oyster bar. But this case, it was actually a bar that had yeah. oysters, not yeah. an oyster bar. Yeah. Anyway, we walk in and we sit down. And it's 90% restaurant, but it's 100% a bar. Mm-hmm. So 
That I was mean, probably so, our first mm, clue. Flag. Maybe, eh, maybe. And then our waitress shows up to the it. table, and she's a bit grumpy, a little bit spastic, actually. Yeah. And it was her first day on the job in two years. Yep. Because of you know, whatever. Yeah. I think probably because of unemployment. <laughs> Didn't need it. But anyway, that was our first day. And I ordered some oysters and you ordered a steak and we had some clams. Okay. And on the or on the ocean on on Oregon coast you can generally get some decent seafoods. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, they have pretty good infrastructure for boats mm-hmm. and um ice and docks and whatnot. Your oysters were okay. I mean oysters you didn't finish good. them but Oregon Coast has good oysters, too. Yeah. But, anyway, but everything that I else? ordered was burnt. Burnt and, and cold. nasty. Yeah. Burnt and cold. It was bizarre. A big lump of, like, Nastiness. steamer clams, you know? They're supposed to be in a wine, garlic, onion, or I don't know, whatever. Wine and so, some... Uh, I don't remember the ingredients, but what it came out in was a clump of burnt butter yeah, and a clump of uh, raw cold, butter on top of butter, it that yeah. wasn't even melting. It was so and cold. And the clams were burnt. And the clams were burnt. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd never seen it that. And the liquid, which is supposed to be clear, it was, was brown, brown. Dark brown. It's like clams in burnt butter. It was weird. weird. It was cold clams in burnt butter. Even the came out and ew. <laughs> yeah, and the steak was so a beautiful steak. I couldn't eat steak. anything, actually. I couldn't a beautiful eat steak from a farm with happy animals. And That's why I ordered it because yeah. apparently they got their meat from a local farm, happy mm-hmm. happy cows. Happy, happy cow. Farm. But it was burnt on the outside, and it cold. wasn't. It was cold and overcooked and, and hard, hard as, as a, a rock. rock, like a piece of leather. Yeah, yeah. it's like I couldn't eat anything from that restaurant Although, at all. The French fries. Your French the French fries, fries were burnt. Also cold. And cold, yeah, like yes. nearly black and cold. <laughs> and the toast was burnt. But it only took an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so something was definitely wrong with that cook, man. Something was definitely wrong with the cook. So, yeah, the odd part of that whole thing is that, um, you know, we stopped there. I stopped there because we finally entered a town and a restaurant was open. And it looked good from the outside. And I was like, oh, thank gosh, some people with some sense. So we're going to stop and we'll eat real quick. And oysters, fried oysters, what does that take? Two minutes? Mm-hmm. Took an hour. Took an hour. So uh, at what point should we have maybe figured changed our out. mind and figured it out? Yeah, as soon as we walked in because I felt, oh, it's a bar. And I, I thought, hmm, usually not a good place for high-frequency individuals. And people who work here are usually not high-frequency. People that work in bars, you know. Like it's that's just a totally low frequency environment. Environment, yeah. and at that moment, I thought, "Oh, I shouldn't be coming in here." But all I said was, "Oh, it's a bar. I haven't been in a bar for decades." And <laughs> I he remember said, the same thing. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, I haven't been in a bar forever either." Yeah, and that's the moment we should have walked out. Okay, but so we didn't. FYI, if you get that uh, niggle. When you first walk in, just maybe the, just listen just to turn it. Just turn around, turn yeah. around and go. I um, I have to say, yeah, that was probably the worst uh, sitting down eating experience I've had in my entire uh, coastal travel up and down. <laughs> yeah. I remember our first meal when they first we first came down to 
or again right after they first started doing all the COVID stuff, you know. And um, they closed all the restaurants for two weeks, which turned into two months, which turned into six months, which turned into however long. A year and, and a half. A year and a half. And we were first driving down I-5, and uh, I saw a restaurant that said, sit down, open. Like, we're going. I know, we did. And we walked in there, and they were it's doing so the nice. best they could to try and figure the situation out that yeah. they had. They had shower curtains, curtains around the our booths. Yeah. Shower curtains. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah. But they were so happy they could finally get their restaurant yeah, open. Yeah, that was good food. And that was good food, yeah. and they were happy to be yeah, there. They were. But in this case, you know, or no, should I just it didn't work. Away? So I guess that uh, spirit. A little bit of street smarts, you know. If something yeah. gives you a bad vibe when you walk in, just turn around, walk away. Yeah. On the other hand, um, when we stopped at the second taco, taco truck, I looked at the taco truck and the taco truck was a bit run down looking. Yeah, and it looked closed. It, didn't look well, it looked closed even yeah. and it didn't look well, well maintained or taken right. care of or whatever. But when I walked around and met the person in there, the lady in there who was doing the cooking, she was very well humored and very bright and shiny. Yeah. It's like, oh, you okay, the food's great. Alive. Yeah. You know, she might not own the truck. It might be somebody else who owns the truck. And she just Maybe she's there. not mechanically minded. Maybe she don't like uh, painting, but she does she like cooking. cooking. <laughs> the cooking was good. Cooking was just fine. Mm-hmm. So um, on that note, um, after our travel, we mostly stayed in places with fewer people this trip. Mm-hmm. We found a campground that had like uh, 10 spots or something. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. It was we were by wandering and wandering and wandering. Yeah. yeah. We found an app and that has uh, all the kind of different small campgrounds or places you can just like uh, park without the BMS. BLM lands yeah. and things like that. Yeah, this was a regular campground as a county park mm-hmm. for in Oregon. And um, we have evolved to the point where we don't need to plug in our camper. We have yes. a thing called a jackery <laughs> with some solar panels. So that gives us... Did we bring us our panels? We didn't even need our solar panels. Did we bring them? No, because they're at our fossil beach. Oops. <laughs> I didn't want to go that way and then that way. Oh, that's funny. Yep, I didn't need them. Okay. But a jackery is like a generator that gets charged by the sun. Or you can plug it into the truck. Or you mm-hmm. can plug it into the wall. And then uh, you plug in your stuff, like your camper or your toaster or your whatever... And, yeah, um, we were able to use our toaster. Right, but there's no gas and there's no noise and there's no nothing. very nice. Yeah. So that just changed our whole camping experience in our camper from, ooh, can we find a place to plug in to, don't need it. Yeah. The uh, Jackery made life nice because our campground wasn't. It wasn't a plug-in type. No, it wasn't. Just a field. <laughs> but it was basically a field, you know, that was set aside in a natural area. Yep. That it's it's comfortable and comforting to be in something that's a little bit maintained, like it has a yeah, like not so, maybe guardian maybe water is the right word, but and the bathroom was there's a really bathroom, clean. There's a trail. A very there's beautiful an trail. Interesting place to hang out and look. Yeah, yeah we went for like about two two mile walk. Yeah, it was really nice. I liked it. It was so odd. Yeah, it, was it was the weirdest forest I've seen. Yeah, that was a strange forest. It was forest. a very strange forest. Imagine the forest that grows on a sand dune in Oregon. 
<laughs> oh, right. Because it's different, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It was a, definitely a forest. Totally. But it was thick. thick. And trees that I haven't actually seen before and things, you know. And combos of trees and bushes that I haven't seen before. It was very interesting. I liked it. So if you're, uh, well, I don't know, if you're an Oregon coaster and you know about the forests, maybe you can, you know, say something about it and talk with me now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is our forest and it grows like this because of X, Y, Z or something. But it was yeah. and they nearly quite Channel, strange. So, yeah. <laughs> it was full of berries, blue, blue berries. They looked like juniper berries, but they were yeah. on this... Talk with me now is the telegram for walk with me now. Oh yeah, yeah. So you need to join walk with me now to talk to in talk with me now. Um, but if they nearly Ben's channel, then you can chat there all you want. <laughs> you can make you can put photos of those very beautiful forests, very different to where we live. Yeah. I I, I still want to go back to the uh, strange bar restaurant thing okay. because why is it you think we didn't listen? What are the things that makes it harder for you listening? I think, I think, I remember the night before we spent in a hotel, right? Oh my gosh! Did you get any sleep? No, we were talking about that, and I think that's why you were so desperately looking for somewhere to eat. Yeah, because we have three things we take care of to make sure that we're not easily swayed swayed by low frequency engagements. One of them is good food have nutritious food every day. Another one is have plenty of water, keep yourself hydrated. And the other one has sleep and rest well, very well rested, well slept. If you have those three covered, it's very hard for low frequency engagements to grab you. But if you don't, then it's easy for low frequency engagements. Yeah, easier. So basically, um, I couldn't sleep in the hotel. It was impossible for me to do so. I think the frequencies and the noises and the psychic noise, the EMFs, um, uh, it's just a bad combo for me and I'm highly sensitive. So I wasn't able to sleep very much at all. I mean, every now and that, and then I would kind of nap, you know, but most of the night I stayed up awake and my body was tense and, you know, just under stress. Uh, so that was down one, and then we couldn't find anywhere to eat. Right. I wanted breakfast. Larry to stop and make cook me a steak. That's what I wanted, but he was tired and be driving all day and hadn't slept too good either. So yeah, when we saw the restaurant like that was open, to cook a steak for lunch. Yeah. And I thought a quick in and out, but it was like three o'clock or four o'clock. Wasn't oh it? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't early. We'd mm-hmm. been driving all day. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no stop for snacks, really. Yep. I think we had some turtles. <laughs> so <That's> candy. <laughs> I think that was uh, that's that's a large portion of why we stopped there and stayed there. Yeah, when we shouldn't have. It's a bit in desperation. I'm starving. I'm hungry, and I don't want to cook. And it's too late. And we didn't get sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So be aware. Be very, yeah, be aware. Don't. It can um, happen. I can sneak in that easy. Yeah, don't settle. And if the niggles come, just listen to them and just leave. Yeah. Well, 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 the rest of the trip, we didn't have that problem. No, we listened. Because 
We drove for what an hour or so. We picked a spot. Both you and I picked a spot independently, and it was the same spot. Yeah. And we drove straight there, and there was one spot left. Yes. And it was which spot? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. <laughs> angel number, right? Yeah, my favorite. One of my favorite numbers. Favorite number. Favorite number. Angel twenty-two. Yeah. So we got that spot. We backed in, and then I cooked a delicious steak dinner. Yes, you did. And it was delicious. It was delicious. We had spaghetti with it. Yeah. Or no, we had mac no. and cheese. We had mac and cheese with it and tomato, fresh tomato from the Shaman Fresh shack. tomato from the Shaman Shack. And we had a nice hike. Yep. Two or three miles in the strangest woods. And the next day, we ate one time out. And that was at the taco, taco stand. Yeah. Taco stand. And the rest of the time, I cooked. Yep. And, so much uh, better. We're driving along, we're driving along, we're driving along. I was like, I'm hungry. I was like, yeah, me too. I was thinking of stopping in just a few minutes. There's a place up ahead. Yeah. So I stopped and cooked up cooked spaghetti. Yeah, and some chicken that we and had some cooked already. Chicken from, from the Shaman Shack, yep. That was barbecued. Yeah. And then we went to the beach. The... We did not kill one of our pet chickens. We no. bought organic chicken from the store and barbecued it here in Shaman Shack before we left. Yeah, so that's what I mean by Shaman Shack chicken. Yeah. Not <laughs> Shaman Shack walking around chicken. Anyway, now our roosters are fossil beach roosters. Yeah. But the um, the stop, we had food, and then the beach, remember? Mm-hmm. The rock stacking beach. That was beautiful. Yeah, so we stopped. We were tired, and we stopped, like, cooked a delicious meal. At six or and, so. Um, six. And then we went for the hike down to the beach, and it was a very long hike. It was really beautiful. And there were steps all the way down, really nice. We got to the bottom, and there was a bridge made out of driftwood, really nice, beautiful bridge made of driftwood that ended on the other side of the bridge. It landed on a rock That's giant that you rock. had to climb down this rock face to get to the beach. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So it was really, really cool. And then we walked a little bit, and there was this giant driftwood trees, and it was covered... They were covered in little stacks of stones that, you know, they're like the bottom is really big and it goes all the way to the teensy-weensy little stone on the top, little towers. There were like dozens. There were at least 50, at <laughs> 50. least. I didn't count them, but there was a little... There and you know, were. You know what's so interesting about that experience, for me personally, mm-hmm. was that when I saw it, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I thought to myself, somebody must have spent hours creating that, hours creating that. And then I got closer and I tapped into them because energetically I like to tap into creations and things. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that most of them had different energy signatures. And I thought, whoa, wait, they were made by dozens of people, dozens of people. And it's like, and instantaneously I started grabbing rocks to put mine on there. And it's like, this is what happens. You know, fairies come here, see it, and put one or two more. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's and exactly it's like a creation. Yeah, I started packing them, and then I looked <laughs> at you, and you were doing the same. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is what happens. It's a co creation. It's not one person having to do it, the long wolf energy, right? One person did it all. Mm-hmm. No, it was a co creation. It was different people through time space independently arrived there. So it was beautiful and added to it. That's what happened. It was gorgeous. I loved it. I loved that energy. I have a picture of it. Yes, a you picture do. of it. I'll put it on Takaspi now too. Okay. And maybe the Inelia Benz channel too. Okay, Inelia Benz channel too. Yeah. That's a great picture. It is a great picture. Peavy's yeah. the star of the yes. picture, if you can find her. She's a little bit like 
finding Elmo in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. I think that was the highlight of the trip, honestly. And it was interesting, too, is um, as we were walking the forest in Oregon and the Sand Dunes Forest, as we were in Eugene, as we were traveling, I like to compare where we're traveling to where we live. Yes. You know, not like, is this better, is this worse, but am I familiar? Does it feel home? Does it feel comfortable long lost or does it feel like does it comfortable does it bring memories back a memory or the, you know to tap into a bigger experience of where i am yeah oh uh, you know what i mean by that meaning expanded awareness includes more of now and now that includes more than just immediate right i suppose yeah so anyway Around this area, Nia Bay and uh, Shaman Shack and down to where we were, which was um, south of Forks Beach 3, they call. Um, felt like home territory, kind of. Like, mm. been here plenty of times. Feels welcoming and welcomed. and Familiar. Feels familiar. Comforting. And like I've been down this path. I've sat here on this beach. or I, I felt... A elemental connection, you know. Mm. I didn't feel that so much in the forest in uh, Oregon, Sandy Beach. I felt like a stranger in a strange land a bit. Mm. And that's not a terrible thing. It's interesting to go to new places. Yeah. But the experience of uh, having been there didn't exist. And that's an, that's an interesting question. Maybe you can answer it. What is it that, I mean... You had to have gone somewhere for the first time and liked it and felt connected to it. What is that connection? Because it's not like, it's not like um, just because you had a past life there, then that means that it's great for you now. You started there at once. I mean, one time it had to be the original spot, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, when you travel around and you have a deep affinity for an area or location, do you think that's more... Gaia hosting or giving you a clue this is where you will be most supported or is it um, a past life type thing like you've been here before so this feels like home territory or is it uh, um, the, the spirits of the land are particular in this area they don't want new people coming here so they like try to push you away or what's going on could be a multitude of, um, a multitude of those because I have had the experience where I was invited. I, the first time that I saw the Arizona desert, mm -hmm. when I look out the window of my car, it felt barren and dry and dangerous and rejecting energy, you know. Mm -hmm. But that was purely me, knowing that I would never survive there. I knew this. And then I had an experience where in an altered state of consciousness, I was invited by the desert to go and visit. And I went into the desert with a friend. And as I was in the desert, I had the experience of an extremely deep, deep and intense and very, very intimate connection with the spirit of the desert. And it was overwhelmingly beautiful and loving and supportive. Mm -hmm. 
And she told me, and she had made an, uh, I say she because that's how I felt. <laughs> uh, it's not in gender, actually. Um, when to be there, that it was, I was going to be supported by rain. Uh, it wasn't in the rainy season. Um, and then when to leave, to start walking towards the car because the steam only lasts so long on the ground. And then I would be in danger mm-hmm. person because I react to heat very negatively. So it took a, like probably 30 seconds between me telling my, uh, the person I was with, this lady, hey, we need to go now and for her to be ready to go. And then I was walking as fast as I could back to the car. And about 30 seconds before we got to the car, the, the skies cleared up, the sun came down. Oh my gosh, it hit me like a ton of brick, that sun <laughs> and the heat. And it was 30 seconds walking into the car and slamming the door closed. <laughs> that were not good. But yeah, it was an environment that was totally hostile to my physical body. And energetically, right? But when I made that deep connection, it was amazing, right? It was, and I still feel it to this day. And and I can touch into it and tap into it and be with that energy, mm-hmm. you know, often. And um, I think that a lot of it is sometimes ours, our like rejection of something that's not familiar to us. Um. I remember, it's not exactly the same, but um, I lived in England for many years as a political refugee, having come out of a right-wing dictatorship from Chile when I was a little kid. And I remember that there were two branches of refugees, Chilean refugees. Mm-hmm. One of them was a, people who would only hang out with other Chileans, refused to learn English, and would always talk against the English. They would always be um, critical, critical, critical of English culture, English people, the weather, everything, even the houses, anything, public transport, you'd name it. They would talk against it all the time. Hmm. And then the other group would be people who embraced the culture, learned English, and learned to get on with other people there. Had friends that were English and went to school, went to work and, and looked at all the positive aspects of England and found it to be supportive and nice. And those people are still there. They still live there. And the other ones that were very, very rejective of the environment went back to Chile. And some of them moved to Spain. Mm. It was a little bit more familiar to them. It was the same location. But I found that it was the attitude of the individual which dictated whether the place was welcoming or not. The other part of it, of course, is that when a person walks down a street full of rejection, people are going to attack them, right? Because they feel that rejection, they feel that anger. And people who walk down the street with a big smile on their faces, it doesn't matter. They're going to get smiled at, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, that's generally speaking, right? Um, so I find that, for example, that beach in Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, I found it that it was completely new to me, but immediately what I did was to tap into the elementals there and have a conversation out of curiosity. I was extremely curious and they were, and I was like, wow, I'm fascinated by your plant. So what is this plant? 
And most of them were like naturally from here, but about five or six of those plants that were, that you could see from the, the, the trail were from Europe. And that fascinated me, <laughs> right? It's like, wow, okay. That, that's interesting. And it gave me the whole energy and feeling of the different aspects and places where my physical body elemental might have had previous incarnations, you know? So that started bridging that unfamiliarity with the familiar. Mm. And every now and then we saw like trees that we would see or bushes that we would see here. And that also connected that familiarity and bridged us or me into the location. And at the end of the hike, I felt very re relaxed, very at home, very welcomed. And I could have stayed there. I got yeah. sticker bushes grabbing onto me and trees scratching my back. Yeah, because of that energy, you mm -hmm. know? I was like a... A mutual rejection. Well, it's a more... To me, it felt like... Um, I'm going to see if I could say a rejection. Yeah, I wasn't... I was not attracted. Mm -hmm. I guess that's... Rejection. Rejection. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you're also, personally speaking, you do have a problem with change, right? And different things. You don't particularly enjoy change or something new. I felt a close, close connection, kinship and acceptance and fascination and welcome and support with Palm Springs in the canyons outside the desert. Never in a jillion years would I guess that. Mm-hmm. Going to Palm Springs was not on my list at all. <laughs> if there was a list of the least likely places I would ever want to go, Palm Springs was probably it. on it. <laughs> and in the canyon lands of there and the um, oasis, and the, there was actually a tribe there that has a reserve, it was, felt like home. I was running around on bare feet in the middle of the, I mean, it was like, I like it here. Yeah. And I would never in a million years have thought that. I felt welcome. Mm -hmm. Same thing in... Because um, it wasn't new. The Four Corners area mm -hmm. of... Because uh, it wasn't new for you. I had never been there. Yes, you have. Not that I knew. Well, you'd been, you had had previous lifetimes in those areas. Yeah, probably. I agree with that. Same with the Four Corners. Yeah. Four Corners area is an area of the United States that has what... South Dakota and I don't know the four states. Colorado maybe, New Mexico and one on the left there. Idaho, I don't know. Wyoming, do you know? No, I have no idea. They call it the four corners because four states are in the same, in that one little corner. And in that corner they had another one of those deserts. But it's a cold, freezing cold desert. <laughs> like they have a desert in Canada. And I felt the same there in Desdiash. It's like, oh, this is home. This is home place. And then Four Corners, similar, a little bit of like Oregon desert, uh, Oregon uh, beach, a little bit in one of the areas. And then in another part of the area, it was like, oh, oh, pretty nice here. Pretty nice here. And um, in Europe, dang. You would have moved to I would have moved there in Bath, England. Yeah, okay, I'll stay. Because it's very Romanist. <laughs> in Rome, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Bath is let's very Let's just stay Romanist. here and miss the boat, Rome. honey. Bath was a Roman city. It was there, Baths. 
<laughs> but that's also previous it's lifetime. It's a good one. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, we traced it and everything, right? True. There were there were places. Mostly, I don't like Spain. I guess you weren't there before. Yeah, but that's my question too. No, that's like, what's my just answer. because I haven't been there doesn't mean I right can't because like you don't it. like it because you don't like new. But I had to. Well, maybe I guess I guess it's. I guess I feel like Gaia should put out a little bit more of a welcoming carpet if it's she a place does. I should go. She does. And a bit of a less of one to help guide along the way of maybe she I shouldn't that. go. Sort of like the bar for oysters. Yeah, that's different. It's like you're walking the bar, the it's a thing. bar, maybe we shouldn't stay here. Yeah. So uh, I don't plan on moving to the Oregon coast, although we've looked at you some places for a while. on the Oregon coast. Well, I got tricked. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. so tricked. Remember the guy we saw on the beach? Oh my god, that's oh my hilarious. God, that's hilarious. I'm pretty sure it was a guy, but I couldn't be sure. It was, yeah. Might have been a, a gal, but the kids were in the water playing uh, in the surf with their yeah. little blow up in, things in their, in their bathing suits. suits. Yeah. And uh, mom or the dad that was watching them had an umbrella uh, planted into the sand. Big coat, big full pants, rain gear, full top rain and gear, bottom, and a full hat, face mask. mask. And and a parasol. Ski goggles. And ski goggles. And gloves. And gloves, yes. And I wasn't sure if it was a COVID avoidance or sandstorm. <laughs> or what was going on because it was over the top. Oh, my was, God. Yeah. But the wind was blowing a good 20, 30 miles an hour. So it was. It was the height of absurdity. I think I will share that picture, too. Because when you see it, you go like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Going to the Oregon coast. Yeah, well, we, we found a place out of the wind. It was nice. But in the wind, you had to be, like, ready for Everest out there. Oh, Ever had yeah. to pick PB up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when I did the Gaia meditation that you have on iBenz, on NellieBenz.com. Isn't yeah. that where it's at? Yeah. And it's a Gaia meditation. You do the meditation. It takes about an hour. And during that meditation, you will... See, sense, feel, get the feeling for the place on the planet that Gaia um, would most support you and be yep. most supported by you. Yes. Something like that. Mutually supportive. Mutually supportive. And when I did that meditation, I found where that was for me, mm -hmm. which was, remember, there's a portal on, uh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> In this area. <laughs> In the area, let's just say. Yeah. And I saw it very clearly. I was like, holy mackerel, this is the spot. And every time I go there, I get a feeling of magic. I really, yes. really do. Yes, yeah, it's very, very magical. It feels like if I do that meditation again, I'm going to find a slight shift. Mm. But I think it's a temporary. Probably. Yeah. I mean, we're close enough to it. I mean, yeah. you know. Did, when you did that meditation, did you get a sense for anything? I got a visual, a very strong visual of planet Earth filled with light. Well, that narrows it down. At least we're on one, the same planet, honey. Yes. That's all I get. And every time I do any type of <laughs> meditation or visuals or look at the cars or whatever is to see where I should go from now on, where, you know, what path should I take? That's all I've ever seen. That's all I've ever seen. Actually, the last time we did a little magical spell to see the the future 
path. It was slightly different. I can't remember what it was, but it was slightly different. <laughs> yeah. I have to remember what it was. Okay, well, if you're listening and you want a little bit of a certainty or surety about area, space, place, then uh, I suggest you go do that meditation. I find that, especially when I've been looking for somewhere to live or land for the Global Ascension Center, every single parcel, every single house once says, me, 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 me. It's like puppies in a, in a, in a puppy place, you know, like rescue center. They all want you to take them home. And it's a matter of me being more street smart saying, okay, does this support me? The weather support me? Does the environment support me for my health and my physical well-being? Is it well connected so that I can continue working? And I have to look at those practicalities because, yeah, every single parcel, every single piece of land or whatever, except for very few on the planet, want me to be their caretaker. Well, I remember searching for Global Sentence Center land too. And uh, finding it quite impossible. Yeah. Where you were looking. Yeah. But not only possible, but done and wrapped up. Wrapped up. When you got to the right state. Yep. County. Instantly we found it. Yeah. So what does that tell you? Mm, Some of them, like I said, are more street smart. Than others, they all want you to have them, but not all of them are, full, you know, mutually supportive of you. There was a uh, that experience with the ranch in Chile. That one wanted to be that, a parking lot. Yeah, well. that did not want me there. Why do you think that was? It was bonded to my dad, mm. and my dad didn't really want me to have it, even though he sold it to me, even though it should have been mine, <laughs> without him having to sell it to me, because he promised it. But anyways, it was just bad mojo, and yeah, that ranch never connected to me, never wanted me there, wanted me gone. And I said, if you don't change your attitude, if you don't work with me, I'm going to sell you, and they're going to turn you into a car park. <laughs> and he says, whatever, you know. Car park's better just than... Just leave it, leave. <laughs> so I left, and sure enough, some people bought it and uh, turned it into a car park. That is a strange... Set of circumstances that. Yeah. Because I did expect all the lands everywhere would welcome you with open arms. Yeah. No, they don't. Hmm. Well, speaking of um, Global Sentient Center and the land there, is it still going to be sold? I'm not sure yet. I haven't. I have to sit with the land and see. I suspect it won't, but if we don't, then we need to raise the funds. To buy the other. To buy the other land, so... Yeah, in some ways, I like the idea of expanding the Global Ascension Center's land holding. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole idea of setting up the Global Ascension Center's. The whole idea of setting up the Global Ascension Center was to buy land from private hands and open the sacred energy to the human collective, right? Right, right. From private hands to the human collective. So... So we we should never have stopped at one. <laughs> so, shall we try now to re 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 um, 
reinvigorate the process. Absolutely, yeah. And maybe um, work on creating a, a new, more permanent or new reinvigorated structure for that? I think so. I think it's time. Yeah. Okay. We'll give it some thought. Maybe even draw some cards. Yeah. See if we get any devices. Yeah. Let things sit or expand or yeah. contract or what? Exactly. What is your feel? What is your feel? When I looked at it, it was reinvigorate and continue with what Gaia wanted, which was for land to be taken off private hands and returned into that sacred connection between people and land. I kind of have a feeling and I think um, that individually, like specifically individually, uh, doing that as like, I'm going out tomorrow, I'm going to set up a structure, I'm going to buy some land and turn it into that. That process is a thing that you did do and set the template for. And if you look around us, you'll find that there have sprung up multiple groups doing exactly that mm -hmm. for that exact same purpose. Yeah, and when, holding these lands in our area yeah. for returning them to their natural state. Yeah, isn't that incredible? It is. It's so really I think awesome. it's still. I think it's already happening. It's seeding it. Yeah, definitely. Seeded and doing. Oh. It's like magic. It's almost like magic. So if we, um, if we reinvigorate, re-engage, and create well, another land holding, maybe that will stimulate. Even more An exponential increase. I think so, yeah. That sounds exciting to me. I like that idea. It's a good experiment to give it a go. Let's see mm -hmm. what happens. Yeah. Because right now around us, there's literally thousands of acres that have been held in trust for return to natural state. Yes. And multiple organizations doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which didn't exist before. No. no. Yeah. It's really awesome. Hooray. Yay. <laughs> um, you know, something... That brings something to mind. And I think that you had a talk today with your your Spanish friends. Well, I don't know if they're Spanish friends. They're Spanish-speaking friends. Spanish-speaking, definitely. Because they're definitely not all Spanish. No, they're not all Spanish, that's for sure. And in that uh, Spanish-speaking group, speaking of which, how do you find... Can anybody join in that? Or is that just like special people? <laughs> they're not special. Actually, they kind of are. They are special. They're very special because they, I mean, they don't have to think they're special, but they're definitely <laughs> special. Like put your special on a tree over there and let's yeah. go to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it has it's happened spontaneously um, in the Work With Me Now uh, forum platform. Um, several Spanish speakers came in and some of them didn't speak any English. And they started meeting together and discussing and learning and um, studying the classes and things. And then spontaneously, coincidentally, I had the brilliant idea that I thought was mine <laughs> um, of us uh, broadcasting, just meeting and broadcasting in Spanish. Mm. And um, they they said yes and ran with it. And not only did they organize the channel, the all everything, the meetings, the broadcasting, but also they're translating all the classes, courses, and articles that I've written for the past 11 years into Spanish. Brilliant. 
and um, every Thursday and for this month of August and then come September we're going to go on to Saturdays. They We meet live on brand new tube in Elia en Español uh, or in, in Elia en Conversación con el equipo Walk With Me Now. And uh, yeah, it's been really fascinating. They gather the information, questions that people set up uh, on Telegram in Elia en Español. And uh, it's been really fascinating discussions, really fascinating. And it's a catch up of 11 years of work in English because the English team was supportive right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, and the English audience has been extremely supportive mm-hmm. with uh, purchasing our products, uh, classes, and empowering themselves, and also sending dozens of donations for us to can keep going every year. Um, and now the Spanish Spanish team is doing that, but also Spanish audience is come, you know, stepping up and uh, being supportive as well. And if they want to partake even more, they can go to walk with me now and join. And then, you know, after a while, you can become part of the admin team and you can immediately become part of the translation team. So, yeah, it's been really fascinating and very spontaneous. But we also have a French learning class. I don't speak French at all, although I do a little bit, a little bit now. After several, like, four or five classes we've had, they're hilarious. There's, I mean, they're the most fun. Uh, the Spanish team is the most, like, energetic and <laughs> vibrant and, my gosh, the power, you know? Super, yeah. super exciting and super exciting. The French team is the most hilarious. We have so much, so much fun. I mean, my belly was aching from laughing so much on the last class I was on once a week. And I'm hoping that we'll maybe the German speakers might organize themselves into a German speaking class, you know, for us, for the rest of us. It's like, oh, somebody said, oh, I haven't joined because it starts, the classes started a few weeks ago and I don't speak any French. And I said, like, yeah, well, no don't excuse. Let, no excuse. You know, I don't feel like I speak any. I mean, our accent is getting a little bit better, but apparently the first week I was told I had a German accent in French, <laughs> which doesn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, so, um, there's lots of fun with different languages coming in. Uh, we're having a lot of fun and very vibrant. I think a couple of the French individuals have translated, are translating also the classes and articles and things. So, and the classes actually, we're learning French from the translation of the, the fear processing exercise and the firewalls exercise and some of the articles. That's a really so, good way to go about it. Yeah. What I was interested in was hearing a little bit about what you talked about because I don't speak as much Spanish as you do. And you guys are going on for an hour in there. Yeah, our broadcast is an hour, an hour long. You told me you week. were talking about power. Yes. I love power. <laughs> yes. You should our power's too. out. Yeah. Our power's out it's right okay, now. Okay, <laughs> I got more power. I turned the power on. Yeah, so it wasn't to do with electric power. Oh, what kind of power were you talking it was, about? Uh, power over others versus power of the self and responsibility. Power over others, power, um, what's that with? Pa- there's like three of them, like, power, oh, what is it? Pa- oh. Service to, pa- service to self. Service to others and power of self. Is that what mm, you're talking about? 
Uh, the service part, yeah, the service part I'm not really that interested in. But the power I'm very interested in. And what we talked about mainly was the difference between power in the old paradigm, the one that we're leaving, and the new paradigm, the one we we're creating. Well, and isn't isn't service to others a power thing? Uh, yes, it's servitude is based on slavery, right. and it's like it has martyrdom and all sorts of negative energies there. And victims, of course. Victims as well, yeah. They need others to serve. Yeah. And service of self, service to self, is that about power too? Yeah, yeah. It's used in a way of uh, you can either do one or the other, which is not true. Oh. So the power that you're talking about, a clean way to uh, engage with your power is in power of self or what? The way that I explained it it was that a person is power. You are power. Yeah. A power to do. Love, you are love, but this is power, you are power. Yeah. And the way that I explain the difference between the paradigm we're living and the one we're creating mm-hmm. is that the one we're leaving, when you, people say power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, they're not talking about power. They're actually talking about power over others. If you have power over others, it will corrupt you. And if you have absolute power over others, you will be absolutely corrupted. Jeez. That's how it goes. Because I found from my own experience that power doesn't actually corrupt. It's just power. Power is ability to do. And it's also energy, it's chi. And that all of that, you want that because without that, you cannot create a new paradigm. It's only when you twist it and you hijack it and make it into power over others that it all goes to hell, literally goes to hell. So you need to step up and out in your own life from dynamics and engagements that you have of power over others, where the other has powers over you or you have power over others. You have to step out of that and go into the power. You pull back your power and you use it the way you want. So nobody has power over you and you don't actually have power over others. And it's about responsibility. So we talked about, well, what, and I gave a history and story mm-hmm. of how I learned it, but one of the things about the, the world that we are creating and the correct use of power, which is the ability to do and chi and energy, is responsibility, the ability to respond. So a newborn baby's responsibility is to ensure that those around them feed them, clean them, and hug them, and kiss them, and stimulate their brains and their social skills. Mm-hmm. That's their baby's responsibility. How do they do that? <laughs> right? They have a lot of power with that yes. cry. Yes. So that's the way they use their power. That's all of it. And unfortunately, in Western culture, a lot of people have brought up their children to just have that responsibility until they're 40 or 50 or 60, you know. <laughs> that, so they, stay, they get stuck there. Feed me, clean me, give me, you know. They get stuck there. And that's on purpose because then the people who give that, they have full, full power have over authority. them. Right, authority. Yeah. And then say like a young child, naturally speaking, and in other cultures, you would have a three or four-year-old immediately when the baby's born, a new baby's born, they immediately become that baby's caretaker. 
and they're over, hovering over that baby and picking it up, trying to, right, and trying to look after that baby, which is a natural state because immediately they become responsible over the baby. The baby needs food. Mm-hmm. The baby needs a hug. Mm-hmm. The baby needs toys. The mm-hmm. baby needs entertainment, stimulation, mm-hmm. right? That baby um, then will be the responsibility of the toddler. And then as the child gets older, then we have other responsibilities like gathering food and doing other things naturally, cleaning up and helping the parents with the environment. And it goes on. And the usually the oldest of the people have the, the most responsibility because they have the wisdom behind it and everything else. So it's like a cycle mostly the, dependent on age of responsibility rather than power. Yeah, so you're, we're responsible for the shaman shack. Mm-hmm. So the shaman shack needs this, this or the other. And we're responsible in gathering the people and the knowledge and the power and the help to make that happen, for example. Not the other way around. So we have zero power over anybody here. But we do have responsibility for the places they, they do too. And we allow and encourage people to become responsible for different aspects of the shaman shack. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. And they, people flourish in that environment. They flourish. Of being responsible, able, capable, responsible, and powerful. Those are all good combo. Mm-hmm. Yep, I don't so feel... basically that was the conversation we had. So if somebody wanted to listen to that conversation, or maybe they have friends who are mostly Spanish-speaking... Or they want to learn a little bit of Spanish even. And maybe they just want to, I mean, engage in getting the energetic input that you express. I mean, I mean, when you listen to you talk, sometimes you get uh, moved into an altered state. I find a lot of people do get, go into an altered state when I speak after a while. Yeah, and so the process of having that happen in a different language it would be fun or interesting to experience if you haven't experienced it before. And then uh, even further than that, probably, I imagine, if you sit there and you listen to it and allow that expanded state to happen, I imagine that you'll also begin to understand what's being expressed, even though it's coming to you in a foreign language. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder um, if anyone... Who doesn't speak Spanish would have or try that experiment, listen to your um, talk, That'd be interesting. <laughs> and then see if they uh, comprehend it. What do you think? Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be a good see. experiment, right? Yeah, it would be. So how how do they find that? Uh, they go recording. to brand new tube. Brand new tube. Dot com. Dot com. Slash. Slash. At Inelia. At Inelia. I N E L I A. Yeah. And then on brand new tube slash Inelia. At brandyoutube.com slash inelia, no, slash at inelia, a channel will come up. You uh-huh. scroll down and you'll find the latest video there. Do you think if we just go to brand new tube and then just type in the search inelia, inelia it might work? I haven't tried it, but possibly, yes. Okay. So go there, brand new tube, and do that. And tell me in, uh, you know, talk with me now or on walk with me now. Mm-hmm. Your experience of listening to the information in a different language. And FYI, if yeah. you speak English, yes, yes. next week, can't remember exactly in the day, this week when you're listening to this, mm-hmm. this week, 
Um, you get on to talk with me now. Uh, no, not talk with me now. Well, you can. It'll be better. But in Elia Ben's channel in uh, Telegram, mm -hmm, stay mm -hmm. tuned because we, as in Larry and I, are going to be broadcasting live on brand YouTube this week. We are? Yes. Surprise! How could it be this week? <laughs> this week's already over almost. No. It's this week next week. This week when people are listening oh, to this, it's, it's Monday. this week, Monday. Yeah. I get it. Usually, you know, we've been a little bit tardy on our recording. Recording. So we're doing it like on Sunday evening to yeah. get it in before Monday, yeah. making it a little bit hard on our team. Yeah. <laughs> making it hard. Work hard. <laughs> Sorry. I have to stay up all night or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, the last few weeks have been very intense weeks. You for, think? Yeah, for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. Seems like a lot happening. And getting our show in and the time just to sit in a quiet space with supportive, supportive and microphones, energetic. And energetically in the right place and mentally in the right place, emotionally yeah. in the right place. So that was a tall order for a week. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big week. But I, th I think we've got it because we're earlier. So, a live stream on brand new tube this week. Yes. And just go on to our Telegram channel. Yes, the Nelly Events channel. Nelly Events channel at Telegram. Mm -hmm. How would somebody ever find that? Nelly Events channel on Telegram. How do you find channels on Telegram? I don't know. Hmm. You go to Telegram and you type in. Go Inelia, to the search. Yeah, search. And look up Nelly. Yeah. And it'll come. Everyone, all of them work basically the same. Yeah, you go there, much. you look for the little search thing, you type yeah. in I-N-E-L-I-A. And you'll find it. And maybe B-E-N-Z sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And it'll pop up. And yeah. then you just join it. Uh -huh. It's a easy peasy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Okay then, got it. <clears throat> so go to brand new tube though and search Anelia and listen to the Spanish conversation. Yeah, subscribe to it so that... Um, oh yeah, but also... Uh, look for the channel. The other channel is Inelia Benz. Uh -huh. Oh moment, my God, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> we have a brand new tube for Inelia Benz in English too. Oh, I see. There's a Spanish one. Why are we brand new tube in it instead of you nasty tube in it? <laughs> because of the nasty word, I guess. <laughs> okay. The you nasty tube? Yeah. Why is YouTube? What, what is it with these companies or corporations? That doesn't make any sense to me that they would assist in the split so perfectly that's what it is that's what it is yeah. so when you when you look at the split process this is uh me being helpful here and you find yourself in a little bit of righteous indignation which it actually does happen to me <laughs> occasionally sometimes <laughs> occasionally. frequently i have learned one very good mantra to help move out of it mm-hmm One of them is, this is a choice everyone made in 2011 that's simply manifesting in the physical now. This choice has already been made. The only thing happening is the choice is being carried out physically. Mm -hmm. When you put it that way, it helps. It does. So, just saying. Mm -hmm. If you find yourself triggered a little bit like me once in a while, that can help. Yes. Along with this too shall pass. Did it. That doesn't just help us. much. That doesn't help me so much. No, it not now. <laughs> the other one does. does. This is a physical manifestation of the energetic choice already made. Yes, good job. I like it. 
Okay, good. Well, I feel complete. Then. Perfect. Me too. Give me a kiss, honey. Love you, darling. Love you too. <laughs>